Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend from a faraway land, Ethan Carter. Welcome What's aboard. Up, man? <laughs> How's it going, Vincent? It's us again. It is. Just us. Yeah, well, last week was fun. Why not do it again? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. You, I, I was listening to that. I was listening to the conversation from last week, and I was like, wow, we talked about a lot of stuff. I know. <laughs> like, that was a really, like, varied salad of information. Right. And <laughs> it didn't feel like tangents that much. It felt like it, it, it didn't feel segmented. It felt like it flowed, but. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked. I, I did like. I really did like giving the um, the people who wrote reviews yeah. um, a little bit of love because I really do. I love the reviews. I like feedback. I'm, right. I'm kind of a feedback addict. Yeah, and it's not even. It's not even uh, like a ego stroke or anything. Like it's just nice to know that it's valued, right? Yeah. I mean, well, think about. I and mean, you know, somebody said this. I think it was. I think they were talking about it on making it, and they said like, think about what's involved in writing a review. Like, right. it's not easy. Right. You have to go into iTunes. You can't do it any other way. You have to go into iTunes, yep. and you have to like, it's like it's a pain in the butt. You got to find the podcast, and you got to write the review, and they got to approve it. And it's a process, and yeah. no one wants to do that. But people still like your stuff enough to do it. You should uh, give them a little pat on the back. We actually got a review this week. Oh yeah, from my friend Bruce McGee, awesome. um, who Hi, has Bruce. a podcast called The Weathered Souls. Oh, cool. Um, and he says, Vincent, so jealous, just kidding, but have to, but to have a heavyweight like Jason Stapleton on your podcast means one thing, you're moving up in the world, and I'm so happy that you and Ethan are hitting it out of the park. You're informative, concise, and you actually guided me to my first Maker Festival here in Gilroy this year. How cool is that? Keep up the good work, and for all you makers out there, you should be listening to the master. Holy yeah. crap. <laughs> That's awesome. Bruce, thank you, man. And I'm glad you found the making... Yeah, I think once you find this community, you become a part of it automatically. Like, it's too, it's just too tempting. Like, you can't have this community in front of you and not want to dive in and do something on your own. So, actually, and that just reminds me, did you listen to Making It last week? I did. So, how cool is it that, so, uh, Make Magazine's coming back, which is Mm -hmm. amazing. Which I got my first issue, by the way. I need to, I need to subscribe. Um, Uh I'll do that tonight after we get off. But I thought it was really cool that they renamed or re whatever the company as mm-hmm. Make Community or mm-hmm. Making Community or whatever it is. Yeah, Make Community. Make yeah. Community, which I think is really cool. I think that, and it, it just goes to show you how important the community is to this. If they're gonna, if they're gonna go out of their way to change their name to that. It, so. If there was no community, Maker Fair would be just a snooze. No one mm-hmm. would want to. There'd be nothing there. What What makes Maker Fair? It's not, and I don't mean community like. You know, you go there and you meet people you've talked to online. I don't mean that kind of community. The community I mean is the community of the common interest. Yes. Like right. everyone there is there because you love to make stuff. That's yep. the community I'm talking about. Not your little group of friends that are walking around. That's cool too. Yep. That has its place. But I'm talking about the actual community, the community that supports the maker fairs and goes and pays their admission, the communities that you know, submit articles to make magazine and write, you know, tutorials on even some, even sites like Instructables, which right. aren't they owned by the same people or? I think they or, might be, I, yeah. I think they are, right? Or yeah. they're affiliated in some way. I'm, I'm but, really pretty sure, yeah. But yeah, those are the people that, that make this community great, the people that teach. Yep. As we've said many, many times, you know, <laughs> yeah. the most important thing of making isn't making, it's teaching. 
teaching. Yep. You have to teach your skills. That's kind of the obligation. You take it on when you join. <laughs> yep. Well, because you know that you're going to be learning too. I mean, and that's the other thing too is there aren't just the teachers. The teachers are also learners, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what keeps them humble and grounded and all that because they – they they know that they don't know it all. Which is well, nice. if if you if you really look at the people that have made their mark in the maker community, it's not people that have been making their entire life. Right. It's not people that you know were born with a hammer in their hand and just learned how to use a screwdriver. It's people that really, really, really just started from somewhere completely out in left field, as we've joked about on this show numerous times. Usually, it and yeah. <laughs> they end up being they end up becoming makers, and that desire to make a tangible thing really does turn a lot of people into addicts in this movement. And you're almost compelled to teach. Right. Because I know I didn't get to, I didn't learn what I've learned without, you know, without the expertise of a whole lot of people behind me. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's a, it's kind of funny that we just, we as makers are like, yeah, that's just the way it is. It's not like that in the real world though. (laughs) No, definitely not. No. And it's funny. I mean, I, so as I've, talked about every week um i'm and working on starting a youtube channel and it and you know editing is one thing but i'm learning that there's so much i don't know about Mm -hmm. youtube it's a totally different animal and i remember it just brought me back to when i first joined instagram and i had no clue what i was doing i mean i remember every post being a not a chore but like trying just hashtags and um, and you know images and all these things and all these different things that you have to do and how to interact in the community. I just remember that being such a um, learning curve, and now it's second nature. But then to come back to YouTube, which I felt like was going to be very similar, is it's <laughs> totally different. I mean, I've, I've been Bruce has been amazing as you'd expect. I've been hitting up Bruce nonstop. I think he's gonna we're gonna get on a call tomorrow too to help walk me through a couple things. Um, but it's but again, it right there. He, he's going out of his way to help me launch my channel that has nothing to do with him, right? It's so. it, it's it's great because Bruce is actually Bruce is the reason I got a Glowforge. Oh, is that right? Uh, he's very surprised. That. He was very surprised when I told him that. But yeah. before I got my Glowforge, I watched his videos, and every, when he first got his, and he doesn't do it as much anymore. But when he first got his, they were in almost every video. How how far back was that? I mean, I don't. Even... Uh, well, it was a couple. Of, it was a couple of years. I went back. I'll, I'm one of those guys that when I start following you, I then go back through all your right. old crap oh, yeah, and yeah. start looking at all your old crap. So there were a lot of Bruce you videos with Glowforge, and I'm like, <laughs> wow, he's doing some really cool stuff with the Glowforge. And I remember I got in a conversation conversation with him on DMs once, and I was just like, how do you like? It does this? Does it? Use? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, cool. I want one. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get one, and I got one. It, it was delivered on Christmas Eve of last year. Wow, so it's been less than a year that you've had it. Yeah, and oh my gosh, you've the amount of out. knowledge that I've picked up, especially from the community, there's um there's an unofficial Glowforge. There's the Glowforge forums, which are great. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about how great they are. But where I get all my information from is the Glowforge fa- um, user group you know, on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, you said that, yeah. Right. There are there's 13,000 people in Whoa. that group that I'm, I'm assuming at least half of them own a Glowforge. <laughs> And, you know, look, you always get – in a group like that, you always get a lot of people that is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I just wonder, what should I get it? What do you think? Where do I right. buy materials? All those kinds of questions. But then there's some guys, some people in that group that are just hardcore into laser cutting and teaching and teaching and teaching. And you're almost compelled when you're surrounded by these people like, I don't have anything to teach, but I'm going to learn something and then I'm going to teach it to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So – I actually taught my um, my resin pendants. I did a the resin pendant, the only YouTube video on my YouTube channel right now. Yeah, 
is actually something I made for the Glowforge group to teach people how to do those pendants. How cool is that? Yeah, it's 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 you just feel you 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 oh. Yeah. You just feel like you have to. You have to contribute. And that compulsion to contribute to the group is something that's lacking in so many other places in life. Yeah, I'm, I was ama- um, I'm always amazed when there's someone that's kind of new to Instagram and they reach out and they, you know, they start by apologizing for reaching out, which I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> and, and they ask a question or something like that and I answer and I give them more detail than I think they, they're even looking for sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's just, they're so appreciative. But again, I think that plants a seed that this is that kind of community. So, you yeah. know, they're going to be more willing to answer the question that someone else asked because they got their answer question, right. question and, answered. And the other thing that people have, you have to learn this when you're part of this community. Somebody asking you a question, that might be their only interaction yeah. with our community. Yep. And again, we talk about obligation, right? But you kind of have an obligation to not be a jerk. Right. Because you could be taking someone who's a genius that could change the world and turning them away from the community. It's like, oh, I don't want to work with these people. Screw right. that. This guy's a jerk. Right. You know, and, you know, there's there's a lot of people that live by the philosophy of don't be a jerk. But <laughs> when you think about how easy it is to be a jerk, you really do have to make a conscious effort to not be one sometimes. Right. Well, even when there's, you know, there's no such thing as a dumb question. There are dumb questions, but that's fine. But... You know, you could be a jerk and just say, go look it up. But you know what? It takes me five minutes, if if that, to get back to them, right? Like There there are such things as dumb questions, yeah. but that doesn't mean that the person asking it is a dummy. Right, exactly. That's a better way of putting it. That's sure. that's yes. that's pretty much it, right? Because yeah. I've right. been asked questions where I just went, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did, did you really just, like, is that a serious question? Or were you being, like, snarky or... right. You know, and but I would never, I would never call someone stupid for asking a question. Right. It's like, oh, okay, maybe they just needed clarification. You may have known eighty percent of that answer, mm-hmm. or they just needed to reaffirm that what they were thinking was right. Right. Yeah. Which affirmation is a big thing. I mean, we just talked about it with reviews, right? We mm-hmm. don't. I don't need the reviews to keep doing the podcast. I love the reviews. I like the feedback. I like to know what we're doing right and what we're not doing right. Yep. I mean, we are doing everything right. right. I get that, but you know, we like to pretend <laughs> that we're humble and getting some stuff wrong on occasion (laughs) so we we did have a loose i had a loose idea for a topic that i was going to do a blog post on but i figured it would be more interesting if you and i both tackled this one Mm -hmm. because most of the people in our movement are not full-time right they are not either they're not full-time makers or they're not full-time content creators or they're not full-time either one and For those people, I imagine this question will really, really resonate for them. And the question is, does your most fulfilling thing have to be your job? And it really makes you think not so much about the question, but how do you view your job? Right. That's the question that you really want to answer, right? How fulfilling is your nine to five? Yep. And I like my nine to five. (laughs) Right. I, I I don't hate going to work. Yep. But like nights like tonight where I was just struggling all day to try to get a deadline for tomorrow when I'm not going to be in the office. And it's just, I was just at the end of the day, I was like, I was just biting my nails off. Like, right. And I'm like, this, there's got to be a better way to live than this. Yep. And it's not always like that, right? But one day, on days when it's like that, you really start assessing, are you getting everything out of your day job? 
And then I know that like this morning I got so much done and I was giving stuff that I made to people and everybody's freaking out. They're like, oh, this is so great. Oh, you did such a great job. Oh, I love this. Song. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I go to my day job and it's like, well, this job doesn't suck. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. that. Right. And it, it's, I don't know if I'll ever get fulfillment from doing anything other than working for myself. Yeah. No, I, I believe that for sure. I think, that, and there's a certain type of person, I think, that that is very critical. Um, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I'm very similar, right? I mean, I have a day job, um, and I'm, I think I'm good at it. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the people I work with. Um, and, you know, it's, I, I'm, I don't dislike going, right? Right. Um, and, but here's an example. There's a, I, I don't broadcast at work what I do, you know, for a hobby. I kind of, a little bit of church and state um, with my, you know, side hustle and, and work. And, but there's a few people that I know. And I can just think, I, I just can hear these conversations in my head where we're, we get on a call and it's me and somebody that knows what I do and they follow me on Instagram. And we're chit-chatting uh, before the meeting gets started. And, you know, it's the back and forth, how's your weekend, those types of things. And then they go, oh, I saw the clock that you made last week. Like, how did you do this? How did you do this? And I can tell them my, I can even tell them my excitement and, and my passion. Like, I just start talking about it and I'm so excited to talk about it, right? That doesn't happen with, with my other work, my day job, right? It's just, it just doesn't happen. And that's okay. Yeah. I, and I don't think it needs to. I mean, I think there's, you know, there, I would love to go full time, right? I think that's and have my own business and stuff like that. I don't know if that will ever happen for me. And that's okay. I mean, I, I think that's the other important thing is it, you don't have to have 100% of your fulfillment coming from your day job. You shouldn't be miserable at your day job. If you're miserable, you should find something <laughs> else to do. But it doesn't right. have to be that. But you should also evaluate how, you know, how much more fulfillment could you get from doing something else as well. I, I always, part of me always thinks about how much fulfillment would I get from making stuff if all I did was make mm -hmm. stuff? Right. I think that's a tough question, right? You right. Don't know. Yeah. Because if, if you're, for a lot of us, when your, your day job is one thing and then most of the people that make stuff don't make stuff for their day job. Either. It's not like you're right. a maker and then in your day job, you're in a related field. For most people, yeah. you make stuff in your time. And then you go do something completely different for somebody else, right? Yep. And I always wonder, like, would I in would making it making stuff be as fulfilling for me if it was also part of my day job? And I don't know the answer to that. I think part of what makes it fulfilling to me is that it rounds me out right. as far as what I do in the course of a day, where I can I can do something, I can work on a computer, whatever. But then I come home. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go down to my right? shop and I'm yeah. going to make a cutting board or a coffee table. There you go, Dave. Ant. There you go. There you go. I mentioned <laughs> coffee tables again. Um, That's two in a row, I think. Yeah, I think we actually mentioned it two weeks. You're right. I think that is oh, the second it was, week. I, I think it was part of the review. So it's two weeks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It always comes up. It, it's <laughs> ah, coffee tables. Venerable part of Because We Make. <laughs> But I, don't, I always wondered, like, if I was making stuff every day, like yeah. if that was the day job, would making be as fulfilling as it is when it's not the day job? I don't know. I don't know either. And I, well, and I've, I've said this before. If I was making the same thing over and over again, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely yeah. not. If I was doing something, like if I was able to be a content creator like, you know, like Bob or, you know, Ben, and I could just continue to explore and do that, I think I would be, it probably would keep it fresher for me. But I still think there'd be, it wouldn't be the same kind of excitement every time, right? 
Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's hard to maintain that. Yeah, it is. And I don't think that's, you know, I, I think, think that's natural, right? I think if you're somebody like Bob who does a wide variety of things, I think that's probably the ammunition. Right. Because if I was making just pendants all the time or even just jewelry and just yeah. jewelry right i mean I, I i've dipped back into making stuff out of wood again right right and it's like oh look i can still do this i still have this skill that's kind of cool like i didn't lose it not doing it for a while yeah well and, and i've been doing uh, because of the bent wood challenge i've been doing a lot more woodworking than i usually do and i'm jonesing to do, do some other projects i'm telling you i'm like i was thinking about that on my drive home tonight i was like Oh, and I didn't do a single, I didn't make a single thing this weekend, which is so weird for me. <laughs> wow. I know. Isn't that weird? That it's, is weird. I've not had a too. weekend. I've not had that in a weekend. I can't remember the last time I had that in a weekend. I. That's so odd. Like, how do it you, is. you got to be like twitchy by the end of that weekend. Well, I am. I mean, and, and it was, you know, I forced it on myself because again, I, I, I keep dragging on the YouTube thing and this video and I've been editing it here and there and I keep every weekend I get there and I've got a ton of time and I'm like oh well I'm just gonna make this first <laughs> and then <laughs> the weekend's over so this weekend yep. I made a conscious effort I said you're not making anything you're gonna do the gonna edit gonna learn how to do voiceovers all that kind of stuff so I, I it was a conscious thing but it's still it, it it did I got to Sunday night and I just felt like I hadn't achieved anything <laughs> well last weekend last weekend for me was kind of a lost weekend because on Other Saturday on Saturday I spent the whole day with a friend of mine my my trainer, the yep. one who puts her foot up my ass constantly, <laughs> and the one I... That was my follow Friday this week, mm. by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but the week before, I was like, okay. And I sat down in front of my computer. I'm like, okay, I need to clear the deck because I am just behind mm -hmm. all over. Like, I'm... You sometimes... You know, you, everybody looks at the idea of, oh, it's so cool that you make stuff and people pay you. Let me give you a dirty little <laughs> secret, guys. <laughs> It's not always cool. Oh no, yeah. Because, all right, if I'm if it's pendants, I can whip out a pendant in a half hour, right? It's not a big deal. It takes me longer to put the stones in than it does to do anything else. Fine. Pendants are not a ton of work. That's why I don't charge a lot for them. Right. Cutting boards, woodworking things, picture frames, all those things. Those are a lot of work. Yep. And Even the simple ones. And when, when you have a bunch of customs stacked on top of each other, people are like, hey, can you make this? Can you make that? I never say no. I right. need the money. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I don't turn down business. Right. But what ends up happening is when everything is custom <laughs> and it's all woodwork, you start to lose track. And you yep. start to go, oh, I'm just going to start this. I'm going to do that. And then any fun projects you do, well, that's now taking time away from doing your money-making projects. Mm -hmm. So I made a conscious effort. And I sat down. I was like, okay. I need to clear the deck. Who's waiting right now? Right. And I just went project by project. And I'm like, okay, this needs to go out. This needs to go out. And then in the middle of it, um, one of my friends from work, she handed me her broken um, breadboard. And she's like, can you, can you fix this? I'm like, yeah, I can fix it. She goes, cool. Can you also make two more? <laughs> now, I'm not going to say no. Right. I'm not, like I said, I'm not stupid. I'm not turning away business. And it's a friend too, which, you know, right. makes, it makes it and, But bit. that, that now slides into the, into the the mix and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, now you have that to make, that to make, plus this to make. And you literally have like, if you do, when I do woodwork, my best woodwork is done on Saturday and Sunday because I can just keep going and keep right. going and keep going stop. until, right. until my body says, no, we've done <laughs> enough today. Uh, and, and that's what happened. So I cleared the deck and this weekend, basically it was just project after project after project after project, just going out the door, out the door, out the door. And I was like, 
by the time this good, weekend though, right? was over, I was, I mean, I'm clear. Right. The, the projects I'm working on now are not half finished in my shop. They're not here. Right. I'm now starting new projects. And that's for like, the first time in a really long time. I'm starting something new and it's like, wow. But see, it's so easy to do the fun new stuff and yeah. put the other stuff off, right? I mean, and that, that even comes into the, the question of fulfillment. I mean, I think there, the more you do this full time, the more, the more stuff would be the stuff you have to do, right? Yeah. To run your business. There's totally. going to be some of that. And again, I would take that over being able to do what I want to do every day. That comes with it, and I'd be fine with that. But it's the reality of it, right? Right. There are plenty of times where there are plenty of times where um, I'm just kind of sitting there going, "Ugh, I don't want to go down to the shop." Like I love going down to the right. shop, but there are times mm-hmm. where I know what's down there waiting for me, and I don't want to do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know this that white whale cutting board that we talk we've talked about. So the original plan for this guy, I'll tell the story so that people people are caught up. I was working on a cutting board. This guy ordered two cutting boards for me. He ordered before I had my surgery in March. Yeah. So he knew it was coming. It was co- right. Yeah, he knew it was going to take a little while. I did not expect it to take as long as it did take, but. <laughs> So the first cutting board that I made for him was just a standard cutting board, and I wanted to cut a juice groove in it. Well, that failed, and it failed over and over and over again. So that design changed. I ended up planing that one down thin enough that we're using it in our kitchen, because I didn't, and I didn't feel right giving it to him because right. it was just too thin. Okay. Second one I made for him, I was like, oh, I need a wedding gift, and I don't have anything. You know what? I'm going to give that one away as a wedding gift. <laughs> Third cutting board is finally the one that he's going to get, and he's getting it Wednesday, by the way. He's, he's going to be charm. very, yeah, he's going to be very, very happy. The other cutting board that he wanted, he has a friend that they all call Snoopy. <laughs> and Snoopy was going to get a Bubinga and Maple cutting board, and the Bubinga was going to be Snoopy's house. And the Bubinga was the, Bubinga was the house, and Snoopy was going to be made out of maple and stuck on the top. And it was going to look really cool in my head. And right. I started working on it, and I'm like, this is amateur hour shit. <laughs> I can't. and I can't do this. And I, I must have realized it early because I, that cutting board has been lingering for months. Yeah. And finally the other day, I'm like, you know what? I, he wants a smaller board. I have enough maple. I think I'm just going to start over again. And this time I'm going to just engrave Snoopy full size, larger than life on this board. And I made the board and the board went together beautifully. I barely needed to plane it. The glue up went perfectly. I put it in the Glowforge. I engraved Snoopy on it. When that thing came out, I smiled 10 miles wide. It it's just looks awesome. so cool. I can't remember. I mean, because I, I forget what you've sent me directly and what you posted. Have you posted mm-hmm. that yet? Yes, I have. Okay. Because it's pretty awesome. So anyone that's listening that hasn't seen it, go check it out because it's pretty awesome. So now, and I told him, I was like, listen, I I wasn't happy with this. And I didn't want to give you a board I wasn't happy with. So I did this. And he looked, he goes, oh, that is beautiful. I'm like, okay, good. (laughs) We (laughs) made a good decision. We're always our own worst critics, right? We're the worst, right? Right. We're we're the absolute worst. I did one of the breadboards. I swear to you, I I almost destroyed one of them because i kept honing it and honing it and honing it <laughs> yeah. trying to get it as symmetrical as possible and then i was like why yeah it's handmade exactly and they mm-hmm. probably and they won't, won't probably won't notice <laughs> no and, and that's the other thing right yeah. like that's that's the thing right yeah. you don't steve ramsey always says you don't leave with your lead with your mistakes right 
And wow, did I almost, and I was like, I almost ended up ruining this board because I kept trying to get both sides even. And at some point I was like, you know what? Close enough is good yeah. enough. Especially in a case like this. These are artisanal breadboards. Right, right. Exactly. It's okay. You can do that. Yeah, there's things that need to be perfect or quote perfect and there's things that don't. And and we really do spend a lot of time and you know, I'm going to just kind of quote our good friend Nick, but we spend a lot of time chasing perfection mm-hmm. and not enough time chasing creativity. God, that's a brilliant phrase yeah, by the way, Nick. One. Nice freaking work, dude. <laughs> he um, needs a, he needs to add, do some merch of that. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Nick, you make 50 million shirts. That's a shirt you need <laughs> yeah, to make, brother. In exactly. fact, I'll tell you what, Nick, if, I know you're listening, Nick, by the way. Put it on a coffee mug, and I will buy the first one from you. There you go. You make that on a good si- – by the way, a good-sized coffee mug. You make one of those six-ounce mugs. I'm not your friend <laughs> anymore. No, I need a manly coffee mug. But if you put that on a manly coffee mug, I will buy the first one. Promise you. <laughs> We chase, perf- we chase, perf- we spend too much time chasing perfection, not enough time chasing creativity. It's such a great thought for what we do, isn't it? Absolutely. It really is. And what, what is it about us, though? I mean, I guess it's a defense mechanism where you always kind of, you, you make something for someone and you, you give it to them and you say, here's what's wrong with it, right? <laughs> like, and we're, I, I catch myself doing that all the time. I was like, well, I messed up here and I messed up here. Like, why do we do that? I, I mean, I, I know it's a defense thing, right? No, but. if you want to realize how bad it is, if you want to realize how bad it is, as you introduce your wife to new people, just say, here's my wife. She's not that great. She's <laughs> a <laughs> cook. You know, yeah. here's all of her flaws. I got to what, what really irritates me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then realize how horrible a person you are if you do that. Right. You realize what you're doing to yourself with your own creativity, that's, right? That's, yeah, that's a good if you'll excuse me, I have to make a note on the time here because I have to bleep like a child. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I want to keep that clean tag pretty bad. So, <laughs> so we're going to have something um, next week. Um, we've gotten a lot of feedback on the Jason Stapleton episode, which mm-hmm. makes me super Super, super, super happy. Um, we have something coming up probably next week that we're going to be doing something really cool with his with his company and his um, training courses. Um, I wanted I can't I don't want to tell everything yet. I'll we'll explain next week, but it's a really cool deal. And if you got a lot out of what he talked about and what we discussed while he was on, you're going to get a whole lot out of this thing when it comes out. So we're working on something very, very cool that we're going to partner up with um, the Jason Stapleton organization, and we're going to do some cool stuff. We're going to do some very cool stuff. How cool is it to hear him give the intro to the podcast Dude, on his channel? I mean... I died. Yeah. I legit was, died. and It was amazing. And then to hear him mention the podcast a couple of times... Right. <sighs> yeah. I swear the afterglow of this is not going to wear off anytime soon. Like, it's so... <laughs> well, it shouldn't. I mean, it's a big deal, man. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. And I, I, I admit, I admit, and, you know, some people have said, you know, you did a really good job. He's, and he kept the fanboying to a minimum. I understand. Look, I'm a person, right? We're, we're all people. We're all human beings. And I just challenge anyone who thinks that I got soft because I was a little bit too complimentary. I challenge anyone. Anyone, any one of you listening, get your idol onto your podcast where you have them for an hour and a half and you can talk about anything you want 
and try not to tell them how important they are to your life. <laughs> I, I dare you to try that. I dare you to make that work. If you can make that work, you are a better person than I am. Yeah, I, I'd I, be a babbling fool if, you know. <laughs> we already know who your babbling fool person is, and they are going to be a guest. <laughs> and I can't wait to see you completely oh tongue-tied yeah. when that person is on this show. <laughs> because that person did promise to be on the show, by the way. I'm like, my palms are sweating. It. <laughs> it was so funny, too, because I invited that person on long before, yeah, before me, you right? were even a concept. Be. And then you tell me that that person's your idol. I'm like, yeah. oh, you got, I got something to tell you then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm already tongue-tied, so. But, yeah, the, the Jason, <laughs> yeah. look, I, I, like I said, I get it. I, I do get it. And, yeah, there were a couple of point, uh, parts where I maybe was a little bit effusive. I get it. I uh, I don't even deny it. I'm not trying to deny it. Who cares if if that's... You meant it. You weren't... Uh, Exactly. There's a difference between stroking someone's ego or something like that versus being genuinely impacted from from what they've done to your life. Like, that's a real thing, and that's real for you. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, who cares if it's it's real? It's it's gushing, but it's real gushing, right? It's not... I, I went from zero, as far as a business, to a functioning, money-making business. Mm-hmm. I didn't have this last year. Right. I didn't. In fact, I was um, talking to Beth about what, you know, when this all started. And I realized that the first real project that I did was my friend, my friend Meg and I made floating shelves for her. Mm-hmm. And that was my first real project for somebody else. That was September of last year. Wow. And I didn't do another big project until February. That's crazy. So almost everything that I've done that made me any kind of money has happened after right. surgery. Basically, like that, almost six months. Right. Like, right. right. Like yeah. I mean, I was, I was not mobile until the middle of April. That's crazy. <laughs> That's so, you know, and, and I needed one of the things, and we'll talk about Jason for a second, but one of the things I needed was him to say, just think about what you've been through this year and you still got this thing off the ground. Right. Right. And sometimes, you know, you, that's the encouragement you need. It's not, you're doing a great job, man. It's, listen, you may not have had the best year. Right. But look what you managed to accomplish in a year where the world just was constantly, literally trying to kill you. Right. And it really hit me. And it hit me particularly hard because I've been really hard on myself. Like, I really wanted this to be bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've been sad, almost, that, like, this didn't blow up the way I wanted it to. But then I think about it. Right. And I remember that first time I went down to the shop after my surgery, and I'm like, you know, that was almost the end of April where I went down there and I was able to walk up and down the stairs and I went down and I did, I made some book things, some walnut book things. That was what I did. That was my first shop thing. And it just, I'm like, wow, I, I, I did that. Right. I, I did that. And I did it. I was in the shop six weeks after having a major part of my body removed. Moved, right. And not being able to walk to the point where I asked my personal trainer friend if she could come up with a program to help me stand. Think about that, guys. Right. Think about just just think about think about how many times a day you stand up, and now take them all. You can't do it. Just, just it's, ponder. Right. It's not it. even that it's hard. Like you can't. Right. Like you just can't. No, you can't do it. You right. you stand up. You fall over. 
you know, or you walk and you walk at a snail's pace or you're exhausted going from your bedroom to your shower. And I really, I, maybe I was too hard on myself because once you start putting it in perspective and you go, and on top of all that, look what you have now. Right. Well, that's a hard thing to do. I mean, it's a hard thing to do when you're in the middle of anything. I mean, obviously that's, you know, that was a really trying time, but even smaller things, it's so easy to get discouraged or down on yourself or whatever. But if you step back and really look at it big picture, you realize, you know, you, you, you're pretty awesome, right? Like you've yeah. done a lot of good things. Or you're a good person. All those things come, if you can step back and look at yourself, you can really, you know, really evaluate yourself. Then you're going to find that you're, you've done a lot of good things. So there's, there's a meme I've seen a few times in the last couple of weeks that, that really kind of resonates for me. And it says, you talk to yourself all the time, but have you ever given any consideration to what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap, man. You know, and yeah. make, fun of, make fun of sayings like that all you want. But if you ever just internalize them for a minute and really right. think about them, like, what do you tell yourself? Do you, are you always telling yourself, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I don't deserve this? Or are you telling yourself, I've worked really, really hard for this, and not only do I deserve this, but I deserve more than this. Yep. And that's a mindset thing that most people don't have, right? Right. You, you have, I have a name for it, but I can't use that name on the podcast because it's not PG, but I have a name for that <laughs> particular voice. And it really does start taking things over, and you start wondering, you know, whoa, am I good enough for this? Or, or you're even worse side of it tells you you're not good enough and you don't deserve this and it's all going to fall apart one day no matter how hard you try no matter what you do to build it it's just never going to work well i think i think it's also really important to celebrate's not celebrate sounds too much i think but to celebrate the small wins and i'm i'm really not good at that but if you don't do that that you fall you can fall into that trap like you said like you can just you're focusing on the bad and all the things Mm -hmm. you're not doing but if mm-hmm. you look, if you celebrate the things that you are doing, celebrate that getting those five follows in 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 a couple of days. You know, sure. You know, if if you look at your account and you say, "Man, these guys have forty thousand followers, and I'm putting in so much work into this, and I have, you know, two hundred followers, a thousand followers, three thousand followers. What am I doing wrong?" You're going to get discouraged, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at it and you say, "I have, I have two hundred people that are interested enough." to follow me and comment on my posts and all those things, then you feel good, right? That two, as totally. we said before, if you're in a room and there's 200 people that were coming up and shaking your hand and saying, good job on that, that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah. So it, 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 it's one of these things that's hard to do, but it's, it's really important to do. You have to, you have to evaluate yourself. You have to get out of your own head. And I've had a, I have always been really bad at this. I I am I am brutal to myself. I sometimes I can if I listen to myself, talk to myself long enough, I could probably make myself cry. Right. Like I probably could and it wouldn't even be that hard. Like that's just the person I am. I'm very very hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes when you're you're not putting in the the perfect amount of effort and you're not succeeding, you don't realize you're not putting in the perfect amount of right. effort, so you just say that the, my effort. I am putting. I'm working really hard, and I'm not getting anywhere. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna tell you the truth. I realized a lot about myself in the last two months or so, as far as 
you know, the old saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the more I've pushed and worked hard, I am seeing the results. And it's not luck. And it's right. not something that's going to just come and, you know, linger for a little while and then go away. No, it's something that's within my control. Mm-hmm. And sure. the control comes from knowing that every time I put an effort into doing something, I'm putting 100% into it. And yeah, I may not be good at everything, but whatever I'm doing, I'm working as hard as I conceivably can work on to make that thing work. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, you know what? After you push and you push and you push, you get Jason Stapleton on your program. <laughs> or you you get a, a wholesale deal to make stuff for people. Or you start getting clients that aren't friends. Right. Because, you know, that's that's a big one, too. When you're starting out a business, all right, yeah, your first sales are always to your friends. They should be. And your friends, if they're real friends, are going to buy stuff from you. And then over time, you have to make that transition into, oh, I don't even know that person. Right. And if you're not making, by the way, if you're not making that transition, you need to really reevaluate where you're focusing your energy on sales. If you don't ever see a transition from family and friends to strangers you probably need to reevaluate what you're doing a little bit. And that's, or you have way too many friends. That could, you know, (laughs) Hey, good point. You could have a ton of friends and you just haven't sold all of them yet. (laughs) Your friends should be your repeat customers, but your new customers should be strangers. That's the ideal mix. (laughs) (laughs) Your friends should come back and your strangers should come in. (laughs) Uh, We're going to, we're going to take a little break right now and we'll go out to the sponsor and uh, we'll be back. We have, we, we, the funny thing is we didn't have a plan before this episode. So we do have a couple of topics that have just been sitting in the queue in case we didn't have a topic. And guess what? We don't have a topic. <laughs> so um, this one is good because I actually have a story to go along this one. And the topic that I have on the list is doing the same thing over and over again, even though you know better. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is something I do a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do, unfortunately. <laughs> one of the dumb things that I keep doing... So I had to do for my sister-in-law's, um, my sister-in-law's wedding, we decided we were going to do engraved agate place cards. And but if you've never seen engraved agate, um, oh I, I might have to put a link to one of, my, uh, one of my projects on Instagram in the show notes, just so you can see what engraved agate you, you looks got, like. You've got to see it. Yeah, and, and that reminds me, I gotta, we got to talk offline because I, I still need to get one from you, so... Oh, brilliant. See, look at that. Making deals. Making, making deals. deals. Yeah, well, you're selling to your friends, so you're, you got to <laughs> Should I? No credit for this. Um, so I was doing these agate place cards, and I know better than this. I know better than this. And I was going to do them one day before, um, before I was really set up to do them. And I was just going to throw them in the Glowforge and engrave them. I know that that's not the right way to do it. Um, when you're doing stuff with the Glowforge, you have to put the material thickness in. Ah, okay. And one of the yeah. things you have to tell it is how thick is this? Because that determines where the laser is going to focus. I can't tell you how many times I've set up an entire bed of stuff only to have to take it out mm-hmm. and measure it so I know how thick it is and put it back <laughs> on the crumb tray and the laser. So prepping things, basically prepping things when you're working with a laser is more important than actually doing the design or anything else because... If you don't prep well, it all falls apart very quickly. So I was doing these agate place cards, and I wanted to do some tests. So before anyone, I had some slices, some small pieces. Like, okay, I'm going to do some tests and just see how these engrave. Well, I just grabbed one and threw it on the bed and started lasering. And it did not turn out. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and I took it, I looked at it real close, and I could see that there was a fingerprint 
on the agate. And the fingerprint was deflecting the laser. So it was not burning through my oh, fingerprint. Man. And it was it was it's just crazy blurry. That something like that. Right? I, mean, I guess it makes sense. I but I never would have thought about that. But yeah. The the it, it's absolutely crazy. So the little bit of oil from your finger was diffusing the laser enough to make it out of focus to ruin the engraving. And I know better than this. Right. I know you got to clean your materials if you're going to do shiny stuff. You have to. And I know better than this. But did I do it? No. (laughs) And how many times have I done this? A lot. (laughs) You know, I know that things aren't going to work. I know that you can't hold materials a certain way and put them in the saw and I'll still do it because, like, maybe this time, no, it's never going to work. Well, I think it's... what's frustrating is that, you, like, we've talked about it before. Mistakes are going to happen, and there's that, you know, that age-old saying that, you know, woodworking or anything is, is not about doing it right. It's about fixing your mistakes or whatever, however, whatever the quote is, right? But the things that you do know and that you can control and then, and then you still don't do and it messes it up, those are the most frustrating. Like, if, if, if something just doesn't work because... I've never done it before or it was out of my control. That's one thing, right? It's frustrating. Right. But when you when you've done it before and you and you know better, like you said, you know better, those are so frustrating. I get so mad at myself for those types of things. Or you do something, you do something and it doesn't work and you're like, "Why didn't that work?" And you sit there and you go, "Oh, damn it." <laughs> I know exactly why it didn't work. What the hell is wrong with me? One of the things I do wrong, one of the things I repeatedly do wrong, and I did it when I made these cutting boards, and luckily it didn't hurt me too much, I I forget, and I don't know why I always forget to do this. I forget after sanding Mm -hmm. to wash Ah. the boards. Yep. I always forget. I have literally forgotten almost every cutting board I've made in the last six months. And this time it didn't affect me thankfully but what happens is when you do when you have all that loose material on a cutting board and then you decide you're just going to put oil on top of it well what you end up with is mud (laughs) it's 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 akin to mud and the only way you can kind of get around it and i found that it works but it wastes a lot if you take your cutting board oil and you saturate the board with it and then you wipe it hard that will get all the that will get all the loose sawdust off mud but yeah it's really bad, and it leaves a terrible texture, and just don't do it, right? So I got all these tack cloths. I have, I bought, no joke, I bought three dozen tack cloths. I was like, I got them in bulk. They're great. They're yeah. sitting. I've not even opened one yet. Well, so I'm the exact opposite. I, like, I think, well, it goes back to, I, I found out about tack cloths at one point. This was way, like, t- maybe 10 years ago. I don't even know. And I was, so I was not that proficient at making or anything. And I couldn't, I went to the, I went to like Home Depot and I couldn't find it anywhere. I finally found it at like a, at like an auto detail shop, like our, our huh. advanced auto. And I don't know why I was there, but I found it. And so I bought two and I think it was just the mindset of it's, I'm, it was like so hard to find and I treasured it so much that I still have one of those, like in a Ziploc bag. It's like, and they're what, they're like a <laughs> buck maybe a buck 99 yeah and you can like find them home, anywhere yeah so home depot occasionally they run out of them for some reason but they have them it's like a dollar for like four of them right but i like i'm like reusing this one that's like totally mm-hmm. not working anymore i don't so yeah <laughs> well i mean so let me ask you a question as yeah. someone that does you don't do as much woodwork as the average person does but yeah. you do enough where this is a question that would be interesting to know yeah. how long do you keep sandpaper oh i <laughs> if 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 this if we were videoing this, I would turn my uh, computer and show you the stack of like way <laughs> overused sandpaper 
and every different grit it's all a big pile it's like it's yeah it's like i'm in the depression era or something like, <laughs> you know like ripping off pieces and refold oh yeah oh my god so you're having like rock soup and sandpaper for dinner <laughs> exactly it's i yeah. i hear that people do that and i was curious to know if you do because i yeah. don't yeah i'm the opposite I, i'm the literal opposite with you. sandpaper i'm so bad well, because you know what though, that goes back to what you're what we were just talking about. That's something that I do over and over again, and it you know what it's one you break down the cost of a you know four <laughs> by four piece of sandpaper, and it costs nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And it takes how much longer when that when that is is full of grit and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly, it takes longer. It doesn't work as well, and it's like it's just a stupid thing. And I know I do it to your point. <laughs> like I know I'm f- definitely self aware about it. But not enough to change my behavior for some reason. <laughs> I do. What I will do, I, I will admit that I will hold on to sandpaper for a project. Okay. So I'm working on a project. I will take out, you know, I, I used to do, and thank God for Bruce, because I used to do cutting boards. I would do 60, 80, 122, 23, 20. And I remember Bruce on an episode of We Built the Thing said, I don't even do that. I do like 80... 120 and I stop at 220 and I'm like, wow, that takes out two grits. It does. I'm going to try that. And you know what? He's right. You cannot tell the difference. Yeah. Once you oil it, it doesn't make any difference. But I will keep that that sandpaper until the bitter end of that project, just in case I need to go back. I don't want to waste another piece. But once it's done, <laughs> you oh, then it all goes in the garbage. Yeah. See, all right. That's uh, It's going to be a new <laughs> initiative of mine is to get over my uh, sandpaper. Well, Hang up, right? They're too. They're. they're I, I'm very good, and I. I'm generally pretty good about after I finish a project, I clean the shop. Yeah. So that when I start the next project, I'm not working around the dirt from the prior project, and that's yep. something that I know that people like us tend to get into the trap of. I'll clean it later, and later never comes. Yeah. Later is the worst word you could possibly use in your shop because it's just an excuse to not do something. It. it and and I'm I'm. De- I'm the same way. I don't clean as I go by any means. If I'm in the middle of a project, it is like a you know tornado came through my shop. <laughs> but I I do usually end up cleaning up afterwards. But something recently, I don't know if I think it's 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 when I'm in the middle of challenges or anything with like a deadline or something like that. I just I don't know what it is. I just like keep going. And <laughs> I'm looking at my shop right now. I'm I was like because you did the shop tour this weekend on Instagram stories, mm-hmm. which was great. I loved it. Um, by the way, and. Uh, I'm like, I could not do a shop. I'm like embarrassed to look around my shop right now. So, but again, now that the project is done, as soon as I'm done with the video, that is my next thing is to clean the shop because it does it like, and you, your workspace gets so much smaller when you have a small shop, you need every inch you can get. And if it's cluttered, you're, you know, you know, you look at my shop. I know you look at my shop and you go, oh my God, your shop is huge. It looks a lot bigger on camera. (laughs) (laughs) And what I realized this weekend in particular was I do not have enough horizontal space. And I know, I know if you have a shop, you're going, who does? Right, like, right. Nobody has enough horizontal space. And normally, if you do have horizontal space, there's a pretty good chance it's covered with crap at any given point. Yeah. And I realized this weekend, like, yeah, I need to, I need another workbench similar to my main workbench um, that I can just work with, like well, have in the middle of the shop, roll it away when I need to, but... I need it's, another workbench. It's kind of one of those things, though. It's like the more time you have, you, you always use up the time that you have, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's the same with the shop, right? I mean, the, the more space you have, you use it. I mean, look at Jimmy Duressa, right? He's going to fill up that thing in like no <laughs> that, time. That massive shop. Massive shop. And the same thing with me. Like, I'm using every space I have right now. 
Mm-hmm. But if I had more space, I'd use up every bit of that space too, right? It's just right. that's common, you know, human nature, I think, to some degree. That's tra- that's like traffic, right? So there's the old theory of road construction was that if you have a lot of traffic, you need to build more roads. Right. What ends up happening is that once you have more roads, traffic grows to fill the roads. Right. Yep. It, it's just it, the more roads you build, the more traffic you'll have. It's the, yeah. You don't alleviate traffic by giving traffic more places to go. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I am I am thinking, I don't know why, I'm, this is a tangent, but I am thinking of start creating a whole leatherworking space separate from kind of my typical workbench. But that's Smart. more that's more because I, too often the leather gets like, some kind of oil or something, you know, it, it gets dirty from something around it and you really want a clean area and stuff like that. But I, so. I can totally relate because when I really started making jewelry, I set up a jewelry space in my office. Yeah. See that exactly. Right. And, and, you know, I'm looking at it right now and I probably have about 70 bins or 80 bins with different materials in them and stones and it's all, I know where everything is on this bench. But see, that's, if, and that's a perfect that's a perfect uh, example too, because leatherwork and jewelry making, I feel like, are things that you don't need a lot of huge ma- machinery, so it mm-hmm. is easy to find another spot to do. It. And I think that yeah. was what clicked for me all of a sudden. I was like, I don't need, I can do this kind of anywhere. I have a table, right? Yeah. yeah. So what I did, I went to IKEA. I bought um, I bought the four leg four legs and a tabletop. Mm-hmm. I bought two of those rolling Sterilite drawer container things. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I bought a wire baker's rack. And then I bought a whole bunch of bins at Michael's with a coupon. And I have – an inc- when people see the space, they're like, oh, wow, I could just walk into your space and start working. I'm like, yeah, that's the idea. Right. Like, I know where everything – I know where everything is. I guarantee if you walk in, you don't. But you'll figure it out very quickly. Yeah. Every single bin is labeled. Yeah. Everyone. I, I just I put the effort in because I was starting from zero and I'm like right. okay if you're starting right from the first time right yeah. exactly because everything I do you know we always talk about how I make things and sell things right but everything I for me everything I do time is money mm-hmm. and anything that takes me longer than it needs to is costing me money yeah that's true and I'm very excited when I walk in here and the table's clear and my bins are all in front of me and my stones are all in front of me and I can just make stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think where is that or what it, I can direct someone and I've done this with I've done this with my wife. Like if I needed something, I'd be like, "Can you do me a favor? Can you go down to my shop on the third shelf toward the left <laughs> underneath this is a box. Can you bring that box up?" <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And 2 minutes later she comes and goes, "How did you know that was there?" I'm like, "I just know where I keep everything." Right, right. And yeah, that's that, that's part of it too, right? It's not just keeping your stuff organized. It's also knowing where your stuff is. Right. It it could be organized, but you have no idea where it's organized right. to. Is, I'm going to put it in a place I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> Famous last words, right? Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. Nobody Nobody's ever forgotten something when they put it someplace they wouldn't forget where they put it. Right. That's a t- that tile is totally not a thing. Right, and right. All these electronic devices that we've created because people can't remember where they put anything down. <laughs> My favorite tip for that, by the way, if you have tools that you like to leave all over the place, it's fine to leave them, but get in the habit of leaving them in the same spot. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Everything Everything has a spot. Well, I learned yeah. that when I was traveling, like, I mean, I travel still a fair amount for work, but when I first started traveling for work a lot and it was kind of, I'd be home for a couple of days, I'd be on the road for a couple of days and stuff like that. One of the things I learned was in my, in my briefcase or my bag, everything needed a spot and it wasn't, it, and it was solely because 
otherwise I lose things. I forget to pack things or something. But if mm-hmm. everything has a spot, you notice when something's not in that spot. And that, <laughs> and I can't, once I figured that out, I never left a power cord in a hotel room again. It was just... It, I, I have a great story about this. <laughs> so I don't talk about this a lot because it's uncomfortable. But the truth is I have a lot of OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like monk OCD. Right. <laughs> I'm not at that level, but I have some really bad OCD. So a couple of weeks ago, I had made up some packages to take to the post office. And I left the tape gun on the dining room table because the dining room table on the main floor of my house is the biggest horizontal surface. So it was yeah. where I packed the boxes up. I right. think that's probably the case for most people. Yep. <laughs> okay. So I packed up the box and I taped everything up and I went off to the post office and I left the tape gun on the dining room table. And it was like, okay, cool. I'm good. Two days later, I needed my tape gun. It wasn't on my dining room table. And I had a meltdown. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I know where I left it. I'm 100% positive I know where I left it. I left it on the dining room table and it wasn't there. But it's the fact that you... Now it's not there. So now I'm freaking the hell out. Like, where the hell is it? And I'm... I can actually feel my hands starting to shake thinking about that story. And by the way... This is not me being comedic. This is me telling you I have a mental illness, and it's a problem. (laughs) Right. So I'm freaking out. I'm running around the house. I'm screaming, where the is my tape gun? Where did it go? This house isn't big enough for it to get lost. (laughs) So I'm like, maybe I put it back in the drawer that I normally keep it in. I went in. So I have one of those three-drawer units, right? Mm -hmm. So I have the top drawer, the middle drawer, and the bottom drawer. I open the top drawer, it's not there. I open the bottom drawer, it's not there. And I'm I'm raging now. Right. I'm ra- I'm hitting things, I'm throwing things <laughs> and I'm I'm breaking down in my house over my tape gun not being readily right. available to me. Right. So I I take a fresh roll of packing tape which also bugs me because now I have a fresh roll of packing tape that I had to open and a half used one somewhere else. Exactly. Right. Yep. So now that OCD is kicking in. And <laughs> right. by the way, when I tell you I have OCD, I'm not kidding. This right. is how bad it is. Now I know that there's another roll somewhere that's not finished and I just started another one and I'm twitching and shaking and screaming. Take the thing, I take my maker knife, and I'm not using my tape gun, so I'm using my maker knife and a roll of tape, and I tape up this box, and I take it over to the post office, and I'm seething the whole trip to the post office. I'm looking at it. I don't even like the way it looks on the box. Like, that's how angry I am, right? Everything's pissing you off at this point. Everything, yeah. Oh, I mean, if my cat meowed the wrong way, I would have kicked him across the house. (laughs) That's the mood I was in. So I come home, I come home, and I, you know, that night... And we're sitting there eating dinner. And I said to Beth, I was like, I had a breakdown today. I had to catch myself to stop myself. She goes, what did you have a breakdown about? You know, you you in pain or was your stomach bothering you? I'm like, no, I couldn't find the tape gun. She goes, oh, you should have just asked me. I'll tell you what a tape gun is. The tape gun was in the middle drawer. You're rolling storage. <laughs> I was like, why was it in the middle drawer? Well, that that was, no, no, no. It doesn't go in the middle drawer. You You can't put it in the middle drawer. It's got to go in the bottom drawer. That's where it goes. It's, it's the That's spot. The spot. <laughs> That's the spot for it, right? It's, it's the middle drawer. She goes, well, no, I just put it in the middle drawer. I just figured I wanted to get it off the dining room table because my mother was coming, and I just wanted to clear the table. And I'm like, it, it, you can't do that. Right. You, you can't do that. She goes, I can't do what? Right. She's looking at me like I'm insane. And I, admittedly, I am right. an insane you, you person. Should, yeah, I mean, you, you shouldn't be mad about it. But when you're in that moment, you're like, ah. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. so where was it, though? She put it in the middle drawer. Fine. Where did I look? 
the top drawer. And the bottom drawer. And the bottom drawer. I never looked in the middle right. drawer because I don't put it there. Mm-hmm. I could have looked there. Right. I would have found it if I'd looked there. <laughs> but my OCD tells me, no, you put this, this goes in the bottom drawer. Why is it not in the bottom drawer? And I appeased myself by looking in the top drawer, but I knew it wasn't going to be there because I don't put it there either. <laughs> I never thought to look in the middle drawer because I didn't realize that I wasn't the one that put it anywhere. My wife did. And boy, I got to tell you, that was one of those moments where I was like, dude, you really, really, really have a problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if this enraged you that much, you really do need to get some counseling, and you need to get it in a hurry, because you are screwed up in the head, dude. <laughs> That's funny. And there's my story. So when I tell people that I have OCD, I'm not like, like I don't, no, you're I'm not, not like, doing it like, uh, I'm not turning, joking. I'm not locking right. and unlocking the doors. I'm not like right. going back in the house five times to make sure the stove is turned off. No, these are my OCDs. Like I put something someplace. I know where I put it. If it ain't there, oh no, mm-hmm. it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> well, and people don't realize like there's varying degrees of things like that. I don't know why this struck me, but like there's varying degrees of OCD, right? It's like, it sure. can be different things, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I have, like I have ADD, but I'm the least hyper, you know, and I know there's a difference, but I didn't get diagnosed with it until I was almost out of high school because I didn't have any of that hyper part of it. But mm-hmm. there's different kinds of ADD, you know, it's like never got, you know, so it's just the same kind of thing. It's just like, yeah, I, I always, I never wanted to say I had any kind of OCD because when you have OCD, it's like, oh, really? Do you? Right. You know, like, because everybody's like, oh, yeah, my OCD was twitching because I, I looked at that blanket and it wasn't straight on the bed, you know? And yeah, like, the picture frame y- hung a little bit. Yeah, yeah like, right. no, dude, that's just, that's just normal, like, right. human like behavior. Be... <laughs> when you are running around your house, ha- not even clothed because you haven't gotten dressed yet. And, you know, you're in your, like, your comfortable house clothes, <laughs> screaming like a madman because you can't find your tape gun. That's OCD, guys. Mm, yeah. That's what it's like. It's not the cute little, oh, I only pick this up if I have a paper towel between my fingers and the object. <laughs> no, that's what it is on TV. Yeah. In the real world, it's a complete mental breakdown <laughs> because your tape gun is in the wrong drawer. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that was, that was very, very, very cathartic to actually tell that Good. story. Awesome. And like I said, I fully know, I fully know that I I was completely out of line and ridiculous to my wife about it. I I know I was. Well, you know, the first thing if I ever if I ever visit you, Vincent, the first thing I'm going to do is put the tape gun in the middle drawer. Just no, I'm hiding the goddamn tape gun. <laughs> you will never see my tape gun in my house, Ethan Carter. Never. I will hide it from you until the day we both die. I will leave it in my will to hide the tape gun from yeah. Ethan Carter. <laughs> you want to do uh, picks of the week? Do you have sure. one? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, you want me? You go first. All right, I'll go first. So one of the things I realized um, a couple of weeks ago is routers suck. <laughs> Nothing. I mean, they intimidate a lot of people too, which is well. I mean, it's a very it high is. horsepower oh, motor yeah, in a very compact space. Right. For sure. Um, one of the things that sucks about a router is, and if you've never used a router, I invite you to try it. It is an experience. It, it's um, a very useful tool, too. It I is. Will, it, like, yeah. it saves a lot. I mean, try rounding over the corner of a cutting board and then try sanding over the corner of a cutting mm-hmm. board, and you'll understand why you want a roundover bit in a router. Or try cutting a circle with a jigsaw. Oh, God. It is, like, um, it's miserable, but at, well, at least with a jig. I mean, I... The the clock I just made, I used uh, I had to cut four circles, um, identical circles, and I did it with a circle jig and my router in like you know 
10 minutes and they were perfect. I mean, uh-huh. it was amazing. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, no, routers, routers the greatest thing you're ever gonna get. So I I have multiple routers. I have the DeWalt, the big DeWalt 611 with the plunge base with, that I've never actually gotten effectively used. Yep. A- and I have the um I have um the rigid rigid makes a compact trim router that everyone and their brother has this router. It's the <laughs> one that you buy. It's a hundred bucks. It's amazing, right? But I realize that one of the things I hate about routers is that they make a mess. Yep. They make an absolute disaster of a mess so i like to work outside when i use a tool that makes a mess so my planer i use it outside if i'm mm-hmm. going to do it in a large amount of sanding i do it in my driveway whatever Me too yep and one of the things i decided was i wanted to use my router outside because it's a pain in the butt to use it inside ryobi makes a trim router that runs on their 18 volt platform and let me yeah. tell you something this router is amazing it's amazing it has it doesn't have as much power as the rigid one. I know it doesn't because it's not rated as highly. However, I have yet to put it up against anything, anything right. that it doesn't just carve right through, like a hot knife through butter. This thing is phenomenally good, and it's cheap. Um, in fact, I'll look up the price while you while you give us your pick, but it's cheap enough where if you yeah. are on the Ryobi 18-volt platform— buy the damn thing. You will not regret buying it for a minute. In fact, one of the things I love about Ryobi is they literally have every tool under the sun in 18 volt. No, and that's one of the most brilliant things I think Ryobi has done is done that. Is uh-huh. They created everything on that battery, right? Everything. Everything. I mean, it's and it's. I'm always amazed. There's things that I would never even think of being battery uh-huh. powered that they have. And that like, platform... Even like the caulk gun. I mean, not that I yeah. use it, but... The caulk gun that ha- that have runs it. off the battery, like have it's crazy. It. It's amazing. Yeah. I have it because I needed a oh, caulk gun. Uh, yeah, because I needed a caulk gun, and I'm like, I could keep buying these cheap, flimsy, disposable ones, right? That's or I could buy this them. beast that's electric, and I just push a trigger like a normal human. Uh, I might need to get that. It's great. <laughs> I have that. I mean, tools that they make that I have that I love. I have the angle grinder. It's great. Mm-hmm. I have the, um, I have their dust buster that runs on that battery. Oh yeah, yeah. It's great. I have the glue gun. The glue oh my, gun is the greatest thing ever. It is it literally on my bench all the time because like that thing is amazing. I hate I hated glue guns before that thing and I love that. It's one of my favorite It's a great tool. tools. Yeah. Um I have their I have the heat gun. I use it oh, on yeah. my in my jewelry shop for heating resin hmm. um to get the bubbles out. I have so many Ryobi tools. And the reason I have so many I am a DeWalt guy. I love DeWalt tools, right? Yep. But there are just some tools that DeWalt up until recently wasn't making, like the, a, a battery-operated trim router. Right. DeWalt didn't always make one. They literally just started making it la- um, the end of last year. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was really recently. Cause it's I a very recent that, addition to their lineup. If I had, because I, like, I have a, uh, the DeWalt trim router, um, but corded, and mm-hmm. I would have gotten it, and I got that maybe three or four years ago. So it, it's got to be pretty recent. Yeah, it's the real. Well, that's the other thing is that the it's battery powered. I mean, the cord is again. If you look at my one of my recent videos on Instagram where I'm cutting out those circles, it is a pain in the neck. One hundred percent. That cord because you're you're doing the circle and you got to move the cord and make sure the cord doesn't hit the you know whatever. It's yeah. So that's by awesome. the way, that trim router, that trim router is sixty nine dollars. There's no reason not to buy one. It's if you have the battery if you're on that battery right. platform already. Well, that's and what. what I, 
Okay, sorry. That's what I what I found worked really well is I have Dewalt batteries and Ryobi batteries, and between the two of them, there is nothing I can't get. Well, I think that yeah, it, that's exactly it. You, it's you're never going to be a one brand. It's impossible, well, in, my, in my opinion, because not every company is going to do every tool right. Mm-hmm. But you can if you have two brands that you stick to mm-hmm. and you get the batteries, most likely you're going to be able to find the tool from one of those two brands in my and. You're gonna, it's going to benefit because I have the Ryo, uh, Ryobi chainsaw, which I don't do a lot of chainsawing. It's not the most powerful thing, but when a tree falls down across our driveway, I've got it, and it works great, right? Actually, that's a good one. I might I might grab that oh, if it's you, good. It's it's good. I mean, it's again, if you're doing chainsaw art or you're doing cutting down a ton of trees, but if you're doing limbs and in um, small bushes and stuff like that, it works great. So, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, no, that's a, so the Ryobi. Um, the cordless fixed base trim router. I, I'm telling you, if you use a trim router a lot, getting a cordless one is a life changing decision you can make very easily. I'm, yeah, I'm thinking I might get that, even though I've got the other one. The <laughs> like, two just tools, as a supplemental, right? The two Ryobi tools I use the most are well, the three is my miter saw, which mm-hmm. is Ryobi, and it's amazing. Um, in fact, AC nailed it. Messaged me, said he was looking to get a. Um, he was looking to get a, a miter saw, and he saw the one on my shop tour, and he's like, he oh, asked really? me how it was. And I was like, it's freaking fantastic. The only thing that sucks on it is the laser, and I don't even use it. So that's Yeah, I it. never use the laser anyway. I'm, I don't uh, know what – maybe I'm too lazy to set it up or whatever. But I, well, I can't get mine straight. No yeah, matter how exactly. much I try, I can, cannot get it parallel to the blade, so it's useless. So right. whatever. I just don't use it. But right. the sliding – it's a 10-inch sliding miter saw. Oh, you do have the sliding? I couldn't tell oh, from yeah. the video that if it was Oh, sliding. yeah. No, no, no. I yeah. needed the slide. In fact, that's why I had a Hitachi one. Mm-hmm. I got this one because it had the slide. My wife yeah. convinced me to get this one. She's like, you, you need the slide. Get the damn slide. Well, and and my, I got it. the reason. Like, if you, don't, if, you, if you don't get a sliding one, like, if you have a table saw and you have other things, you mm-hmm. don't necessarily need a miter saw unless you get a sliding one. Like, so right. if you're not going to get a sliding one, don't get one. Don't get one at all. Don't yeah. even bother. Okay. If you have a table saw, you don't need a regular miter saw. Right. That's pretty much, yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. exactly it. Um, yeah, so... Well, $69. If you have the batteries already, just go for it. It's yeah, it's totally to worth the money. That and my and the Ryobi um random orbital sander. Oh, yeah. The battery operated one. I use that also. That's See, my other I most used. I have the Dewalt one which I love. Again, mm-hmm. I love it, but it's corded. So Yeah, I had all corded stuff and little by little as I started like well, I had to control the dust. Too. I had to control the dust in my basement. This yeah. is the bottom line. And right. I wasn't doing anything for dust control. Yeah. Now I'm very ca- very cautious with it. I vacuum up constantly. I'm very mm-hmm. clean about it. And stuff that produces a lot, I do outside now. Right. So part of doing things outside to make your life a little easier is to have cordless tools. Well, also, like, one of the issues in my shop is the outlets are... I only have a couple outlets, and if you over, you know, overcharge oh, them, yeah. they, they pop. So that's the other thing is, that's even if you're doing stuff inside, if you're limited on... Um, on outlets, that's another mm-hmm. big thing. Right? That's that's a definite. You know, I didn't even think of that, but yeah. And sometimes you don't have outlets in the space where your shop is. Right. Exactly. Yep. Like the one that Ben built for um, Jesse. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, he built her a shop. He built her a shed shop. Yep. 
There's no power out there. I mean, right. he has some, but realistically, the only power going into that shop is to charge the batteries for the tools. So. Right, right. He, he, it's solar, and it, all it does is charge the batteries, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yep. so, yeah, highly recommend it. That's my pick of the week. Your turn. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to do one and a half, if that's okay. Um, <laughs> Always I'm, fine. I know. I, I feel like every week I'm doing more. Well, because neither one of them is a full-fledged one. So, But anyways, um, all right. So my video of the week or project of the week um, is... And I, I've talked about her before, but Laura Kampf's, uh Do you see her um, coat hanger um, build? Blank on what is what she actually called it. I have not. Oh, uh, yeah, a it's coat- a coat hanger shelf. Um, okay, but she—it's a combination of wood. Um, I think it's brass, like brass inlaid circle uh, pipe um, inlaid into the wood, and then she did a leather top, um, which I don't really know why she did the leather top, but. I love it because, yeah. as, as I've talked about before, I love the combination of, of different uh, mediums coming together that all work together. And it's a very simple, I think, elegant design. And she's added some quite, uh, like really nice angles to it. But it's nothing crazy. But again, wow, it's just really, really well cool. executed. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, that again, is really cool. Like, and so the top, if you're looking at it, the top part is a thick piece of leather. And she actually, she used a trim router with a um, flush bit to cut the leather, which I'd never seen done before either. Whoa. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So check well, out Well, that video. just gave me a whole bunch of ideas. I know. And, well, and that's the thing. That's why I love Laura Kampf is, is again, I'm not going to build anything that she makes, but there's something that comes out. I get so, something triggers from every video I watch, right? Yeah. So I really like the aesthetics of that, um, and I really like the video. So there's cool. that. And then the other thing is, again, I, you said you listened to the... Um, last week's making it but Mm -hmm. david picciuto he's talking if you listen to that episode he's talking about go-karting and how he's going down the wormhole of go-karting and it's just one more example of why why david is great because his excitement is you can hear it in his voice when he's talking about it. he just can't stop talking about his excitement for this new (laughs) hobby of his and i think it's just it's really um inspiring to see and hear someone that's so excited about learning something new. And I think that's, I bring it up because that's the kind of attitude I hope I have. And I, I aspire to be like, that's that I'll tell you what, if you can, if I ever had enthusiasm at his level about anything, that thing would get a lot of attention and be really well done because hearing him, it's almost like he found his new love. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, but, and he's done it before. That's the thing. It's not like, He's been, you know, always on this thing, and all of a sudden, this is the thing that he's going to love forever, right? It's not that. It's mm-hmm. this is the thing right now, and he's so excited and passionate about it, and it's contagious, right? It just makes you want to find something new to learn. And uh, that's what after. it is. When somebody is really passionate about something, you don't have to be passionate about the same thing, right. For the passion to rub off on you, mm-hmm. it's like I need to find my thing, whatever it is, whatever it is. You need to find your thing, right? Good stuff. Yeah. That that is cool. I did I did enjoy him talking about go karting. It's it's funny because I don't associate go karting with adults, but then I hear him talking about. It, I'm like, yeah, it is. There's a lot deep. that goes into it. Yeah, well, yeah, totally. I think, and I think that's what he's discovering too, which is like mm-hmm. kind of cool. Is he's discovering it and and that there's so much more to it than you you think, right? So yep. So that's cool. my pick. Those are my picks. Those are your picks. I thought it was two and a half. Two and a half. Ah, you do two straight up pick. Well, I guess David is kind of half a pick. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not really uh yeah, it's not really what I'm thinking of the week, but it's just 
something I wanted to talk about. Something that was something <laughs> that was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Did you see his Instagram story today? Yes, He's showing yeah. all the setup for his car, and it's, it's like so cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like he was talking. I just, you know, a guy is passionate about something when he starts talking about how excited he is that he's going to get a proper seat. <laughs> right. Like right. that was like his big, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get because the seat was beat up and this one's kind of okay for now. And I had to cut the back off, but I'm looking forward to this winter when I get custom fit for a seat. I'm like, yeah, you're into it. Okay, we're good. Well, well, and when, <laughs> I get when, it. When someone like him that doesn't do a ton of stories does like 40 stories about something. True. You know, they, you know True. that's another thing. It. Yeah, yeah, it was like the David Picciuto bomb today. Yeah, right. Good stuff. All right. So uh, I think that's going to do it for us for this week. Um, I don't know if we'll have a guest next week. I don't know what we're going to be doing next week. I can guarantee one thing, though. We will be doing this show because right. we will still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. If you have a moment, head on over to um, your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review. And we will read it on the show because we like to give that level of props to our fans. And if you're not leaving it, and this is interesting. If you're not leaving it on either iTunes or Stitcher, just um, after you leave it, drop us a link somehow. Uh, maybe use the contact form on the website at becausewemake.com and let us know because I don't know that my service will notify me of anything but Stitcher or iTunes reviews. So, I w- And I definitely want to give people credit. So if you have left a review somewhere other than Stitcher or iTunes, by all means, send it over to us so we can read it and we'll read it on the air and we'll give you the props that you rightfully deserve. Absolutely. But until then, have a great week, everybody. We will be back again next week. Maybe a guest, maybe not. But either way, Ethan and I will be back. Talk to you later. Bye.